Charity Stewart and help lead this beautiful church that we call Real Life Church. Uh, we've been here for the last six years um, and have been loving living in Sutton and loving building a church here. We have two beautiful boys, uh, Levi and Asher, uh, six and four, and um, you get the privilege or pleasure of hearing me tonight speak. So uh, I want to take you through some things that the Bible has to say. Um, I'm not going to speak for long. You can be rest assured. I'm fine with if your children are making a little bit of noise, please don't worry. I have two small boys. I barely ever get a sentence out without being interrupted. So I will feel very much at home if someone perhaps yells or asks me for toast or something like that. So all I want for Christmas. I seem to be surrounded by people at the moment who are either buying a house or selling a house, or having a house renovation. I seem to be surrounded by people who are on right move, or are looking up quotes, or having builders around, or are talking about what to do. Thank you. Some of you here in this room are house hunting right now are having your home renovated, so there are dust sheets everywhere and dust everywhere. Some of you are even planning a renovation, so you're at home and you're dreaming and you're, you're walking around your house and you're saying, this room over here is going to be a kitchen diner, or this room over here we're going to turn into a study, or, or that bit of garden we're going to extend into. It's really interesting to watch people in the process. It's really interesting to hear what's important to people. You see, home is really personal and, and you can't really quantify it. You can't really describe it. It's, it's, it's like a feeling. It's a sense that you get and you know when you're at home somewhere because you have that, you sit down and you go, yeah, this is home. And you also know when somewhere isn't home. So when you're house hunting, you can literally walk in a place and go, oh no, this is not it. And you can walk in somewhere else and go, oh yeah, that's it. And you can't really explain it, but it's a feeling, it's a, a sense. Home takes faith because you have to believe in something that you can't see yet. So if you're having a house renovation and the builders tell you, oh yeah, we'll have that done in 12 weeks and it will look like this, this and this, you have to have a bit of faith because actually, currently it just looks like a mess everywhere. Currently there's dust sheets everywhere. Currently, they've painted it orange, whereas you know when you get in there, it's going to be cream. And so you have to have a little bit of faith when you're house hunting. You also need patience, because I don't know about you, if ever we've bought a house or if ever we've had work done on a house, it has always taken longer than people have told us. So they say, oh yeah, that'll be ready in eight weeks, no problem. Eight weeks, you go in and think, man, where is the floor? What is happening here? This, this always takes longer and always requires patience. For some of you here, all you want for Christmas is a home. And you're on the hunt for a home, you're looking for a home, or your own home is having work done on it. All you want for Christmas is for the dust sheets to come off and be able to live in your home and eat in your home and be in your home. For some of you, your home is a place of unrest 
and fear or loneliness. And actually, you don't want to go home to that home. For some of you, you've been working such crazy hours that you feel like you've hardly been home this term. You've hardly stepped foot in the door. You've been going home, eating, going to bed, getting up, going to work. And you feel like all I want for Christmas is to literally sit down, put my TV on and be at home. And into all of this, I want to bring just some truth. You see, the Bible says that home is not a place and it's not a feeling you get. The Bible says that to be truly home is found in a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And to know him is to really be at home wherever you are. So I'm going to walk you through three things that the Bible says about home. And I will, without compromise, tell you what I think God wants to say to us today. So I'm going to read you some bits from the Bible. You don't need to have brought a Bible with you tonight because I'm going to read it for you. You don't even need to know your Bible that well because I'm going to tell you all about it. So Isaiah, this is a book in the Bible that was written hundreds of years before Jesus came. It says this in Isaiah 7 verse 14, all right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, a virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The shepherds, the wise men, Mary, Joseph, Herod, they all knew that the baby in the manger was more than a baby. They all knew that he was God with us. The angels up in the sky above the stable, they all knew that he was God coming down to earth. You see, Jesus didn't go anywhere without there being kind of signs of heaven wherever he was. So wherever he went, there were either angels in the sky or, or signs that he was there or he was performing miracles and lame people were walking and deaf people were hearing. He didn't go anywhere without there being some sense of this man is more than a man, he's God. See, the blind, the deaf, the lame, the sick, the woman caught in adultery, the Roman soldier at the foot of the cross, they all knew that this man was more than a man. The guy who was crucified next to him understood that he was more than a man dying next to him. His first home was a stable. I doubt it would have passed any home inspection surveys, but it was a stable. It was very lowly, but that actually wasn't his home. That's not actually what he came for. You see, he came for you and I. He came for a people, and it's the people in the story of the stable that are the most important thing because he came for men and women. He came for ordinary. He came for young and old. He came for rich and poor, and you'll see that in all the characters that go to the stable. There's not accidents, the wise men, the shepherds, the angels, Mary, Joseph, none of them are accidents. They're all supposed to speak to us about the kinds of people that Jesus came for. You see, to know Jesus is to be at home. That's what the Bible's very clear about, that this God with us is the one who actually makes us at home. I'm going to read you a bit from John. Now, John is in the New Testament, and it's just one of the books that tells the story of the life of Jesus. When I say the word, as I'm reading this, it's just another name for Jesus. So it says, in the beginning, the word, so that's Jesus, already existed. And the word was with God, and the word was God. 
And then a bit later on in John, it says, So the Word, which is Jesus, became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, The Bible says that the word, Jesus, became flesh and he made his home or his dwelling among us. So he was fully God and fully man. And you might say, okay, big deal. That actually matters in the story. That really matters. You see, to put us right with a God that we're out of sorts with, he had to be both. He had to be God because only God can hit the perfect mark. Only God can pay the price for sin. And only God can represent God to man perfectly. Only God can actually do that. Uh, To be honest, only I can represent myself perfectly before other people. You could have someone imitate me or dress like me or talk like me or act like me, but actually only I can show you what I am really like. Therefore, only God can show you what God is really like. But he had to be man because he had to relate to us. He had to be able to die in our place for all our sin. He had to show us how to live. He had to show us that it was possible to be in relationship with God and live for God and and do it as a man. So Jesus made this incredible choice to leave heaven, which was his home, where he was in perfect relationship with God, his Father, and God, the Holy Spirit, to become a baby and learn to talk and walk and eat and read and write and do all those kinds of things that babies going into toddlers, going into children, going into teenage years need to do. To be the one who commanded the wind and the waves to take on the limitation of human flesh. You see, to know God is to be at home and he came from heaven to earth to sort that one out for us so that we can be at home with him, so that we can be at home with our Father in heaven, so that we can be at home with God. Isaiah 43, 6-7 says this, I will say to the north and to the south, Bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all of those who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory, and it was I who created them. See, I firmly believe that if God calls your name, you have to come, because his call is irresistible. And I don't know if you have small children, but if I open, we have a cupboard in our house, I call it the treat cupboard, and it's, it's full of chocolate. And if I open it, and if I say to my boys, would anyone like chocolate? Now, it doesn't matter where they are in the house, they come running. They're in fact, skidding in. I could be calling them, calling them, calling them, saying, get ready for school, put your shoes on, they can't hear anything I'm saying. I can whisper, would anyone like chocolate? And they are like, zoop, there. The call of mummy saying, would you like something from the treat cupboard is irresistible. They can't stay where they are. The call of God on people's lives is irresistible. If he calls your name, you, you will come. 
The Bible's really clear that he will bring home sons and daughters. He'll bring them back into his family. See, he has a people that he came from heaven to earth to gather up. And it's a number, the Bible says, that no one can name and no one can count. So it just goes on and on and on. And they're from every tribe and every nation and every tongue. And he will fill the new heaven and the new earth with them. See, he came from heaven to earth to bring a people back into right relationship with their God. Love, you see, goes to extraordinary lengths to win. Real love, the kind of love that lasts, goes to extraordinary lengths to win. If you're married in this room, you know that. You know the lengths that love goes to in order to win. If you're a parent in this room, you know. If you're a grandparent, you know the lengths that love goes to to win. You see, Jesus came for a people, and that people are at home because they found themselves in him. They're not at home because they've got a physical house. They're at home because they have found their place in God. They found who they were always meant to be. They found out who they were made by and what they're supposed to be doing. That people find their place and purpose in God. They move and do whatever he says because actually a house is just a house. Therefore, I will sell it and I will move and I will go. Therefore, I will do that job or I won't do this. or That people, because they're at home with God... Do whatever he says. To know God is to be home. So I want to encourage you into a few things tonight. Firstly, if you are currently house hunting, and I realize this is about the most uncomfortable thing I could ever ask you to do, but if you know me, you know I'm going to ask you to do it anyway. So if you are currently house hunting or putting your house on the market, would you just stand up for me? I can't see you anyway. I can't see anything up here. So if you are currently house hunting, please stand. So you don't live in the house that you know you should be living in. I would just like to pray for you guys really quickly and really simply. So I just want to ask, the Bible's clear, I think, that God knows the places that we will dwell He knows every hair on our head. Therefore, he knows the houses we're going to live in. And so I want to pray for you guys that you would find your home, firstly in him, and secondly, you'd find a place to dwell, a place to live, a place to fill with your family and with your future. And I want to pray that you'd be brave enough not to compromise on the things you know that God's got for you. And I ask, Lord, that you would give these guys, each of them, a home. Amen? Amen. Thank you. If you're currently in a renovation, so you're currently having your house done up, or you're about to embark in one, would you stand as well? Can't see anything. Can't see. But if, tell me, are there people standing up? Excellent. Good. I'll pray for you then. I just want to pray. I know that this requires patience. I know it requires time. And those are all things that God gives us grace for. And so I just want to pray that you would know God during this season. 
You'd know him in the unrest. You'd know him when things are not going right and you'd know him when things are going well. And that you would have patience to keep going for what you know is going to be better. So whenever you're having a renovation, you know what is to come is going to be better. You know you're going to have more space. You know you're going to be able to do more. So I pray for you to have patience in the waiting. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Take your seats. If you would just like to have a feel under your seats, there are four candy canes sellotaped to the bottom of your seats. If anyone has got one, could you please wave it in the air? You need to untape it. I've done quite a good job on taping them. Would you be able to help me, Stuart? Has anyone got one? If there's an empty seat next to you, have a good feel. Has anyone got one? Will you, Stuart, will you? Stuart's going to be my trolley dolly. This never happens. So Stuart is going to deliver presents. Yes, please. There should be four candy canes. Have a good feel under your chair. There's one around that area, one around that area, one back there. I I can't remember where the other one is. Maybe I ate it. The gifts, how many have you got? Two, come on, have a good rummage around the seats around you. Maybe the kids got hungry and pulled them off. There's definitely one back there. There's definitely one in this area, maybe. Yes, there's one here, lovely. We just wanted to give away a few things this, this afternoon. Just, oh, I'm keeping that one then. Well, we'll see at the end. Maybe one of the setup guys will get it. So to finish up, what I really want to say to you is, if he is knocking on the door of your house, let him in. And I'll explain to you how Jesus knocks. Because it isn't a, and you go to the door and say, oh, Jesus is there, come in. It's not like that. The way that Jesus knocks on your door is a little like this. You find yourself surrounded by people who all love Jesus, and you start to think, I like who they are. I like what they do. What is going on there? That is one of the ways that Jesus just knocks on your door. And you think, well, I'm just getting to know these people, but I like there's something about them. One of the other ways he knocks on the door is you feel compelled to have a go at reading the Bible and finding out whether or not he's real. That was one of the ways that that God knocked on my door. One of the other ways he might be knocking on your door is that you find yourself asking questions about what happens after I die, about whether my life matters, or you find yourself wrestling with things that you can't find answers for anywhere else. That is one of the ways that Jesus knocks. Another way is maybe you're finding yourself praying and talking to God and saying, if you're real, prove it to me. That's another way that Jesus knocks. If you know he's knocking on the door of your life, let him in. It will, I promise you, be about the best decision you will ever make. It will not be the easiest choice you will ever make. It will be the best choice you will ever make. If he is knocking, I would suggest you say to him, okay, Lord, you got me. What do you want me for? I would say start coming to church, start reading your Bible, start, start working it out with him. 
And it doesn't need to be a lightning bolt in the sky. Mine was not a lightning bolt in the sky. Mine was a realization that God was real and that God knew me. Mine was reading bits of scripture and understanding and finding myself in the stories and going, that's what I'm like and look at how he handles you. Mine was coming along to church and realizing week in, week out what was being said from the front felt like it was just for me. Mine was crying involuntary. To be honest, I hate crying. It just gets in the way for me. And then so just involuntary, just tears falling was a little indication to me that something was going on. If he is knocking on the door of your life, let him in and work out ways to make it work with him. That's how you become a Christian. You let Jesus in and then you work out ways to make it work together. If you are a Christian, let him move stuff around. So you know what it's like if you move into a new house, you put something somewhere and then you go, no, 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 that doesn't work. Or something that you think, oh yeah, that's lovely over there. And then you come home and go, oh no, so horrid. Let him move stuff around. What that means is sometimes you physically need to move around, but sometimes he's just moving stuff around in your character. He's saying, actually, I don't like when you're like that. Let's sort that one out. Sometimes he's moving around your thinking because, you know, people who are loved by God and at home with God can't think that they're rubbish because he doesn't make rubbish. So you've got to move that thinking around. Sometimes it's old habits. Sometimes it's just bad behavior that God is saying, come on, let's move that around. Let's chuck that out. Let's get some new stuff in. And then lastly, move with us to the girls' school. So we have been meeting in this building for the last four years. And we have seen God do some amazing things in this place. We have seen him grow us from a few rows of chairs to now filling this hall. And we would like to invite you to move with us to the girls' school. So at the start of January, we will move all of what real life church is to the girls' grammar school, Sutton Girls' Grammar School, opposite the horse and jockey. And we will move our church there. And we like to invite you, if you don't normally come to church, to move with us. If you do normally come to church, you also have to move with us. We have to pack up and we have to move. And in that place, because there is more space for kids, young people, for adults, Because there is more room, we will grow and we will, again, fill another hall with loads more people. And so we would just like to say, move with us. So if he's knocking on the door of your life, let him in. If you need some help with that, I would love to help you out. If he is wanting to move some things around in your life, let him do it. And lastly, move with us to the girls' school. We would love to outgrow that place as well we would love to in five years time have another issue of saying where do we go now God what do we do now I'm going to invite the band back up to join us up here not us me up here thank you so much for listening if you feel like you need a bit of a hand with anything that I've shared or anything that you've heard here you can speak to 
Anyone who's brought you here or anyone that you know here, if you're stuck for people, Stuart and I would happily chat to you. We also have a whole bunch of leaders, so Matt and Phil who are up here and Sarah who's over there and Mike who's down there and somewhere we have Charlotte and Ben is out with kids. We've also got Jeremy and Becky tonight who are helping us. I can't see them but they're out there somewhere. If you need some help with any of this please just let us know and we would love to help you. If you'd like to stand we're gonna worship the Saviour Jesus and we're just gonna give him honour and glory that is due his name.